What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, that podcast by two brothers from the same mother, giving you their takes on the game of football from the fantasy perspective. As usual, it is your boy Derek here, and I'm with the older bro, that boy Daryl. Daryl, my man, responsible fantasy leagues have crowned champions this week. Uh How are you feeling out here? I'm good, man. Um, had five managed leagues that I was in this year. Um, took home a championship in one. Um, you know, made the playoffs in four out of five. So, um, yeah, all in all, feeling feeling pretty decent about the year. Didn't really do too much of a damn thing in best ball, but uh, um, <laughs> made, I think I made my money back. But like that was really about it. Um, so yeah. Um, I saw this this one dude on 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 Twitter. I think his name is David Zach. He had this post. He was like, "So I put in around forty seven hundred dollars in fantasy entry fees. Um, make I'm coming out with forty eight hundred dollars. I had to have put in a good three hundred hours on this. So I was working for about thirty cents an hour, and like I felt that <laughs> I felt that so hard. So yeah, that's a that's where I'm at with it. But we play for the love of the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's the bulk of the reason why we play. But we we love a little cash in, in hand, too. Um, yeah, best ball streets weren't kind to me either. I'm pretty sure I lost money there. Not a whole lot, but I definitely did lose money there. Um, four playoff leagues for me out of six. Got to the championship in two of those and went home sad in both of those. Um, got CD'd in one of them, and we'll get into yeah. him later. And then the other one, it was just, you know, he had guys, I had guys, and his guys just barely got it. Like, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it all comes down to, like, that one-week thing. Like, all that research can come down to that one-week thing, and, you know, if somebody say puts Joe Flacco in their lineup against all good <laughs> advice, that can make or break a whole year's worth of work. So yeah, I get it. Right, right. And I felt that one personally with you saying Flacco there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the episode. We're gonna start off with our usual segment here, a little wrap that ish up. B, as usual, shout out to Dave Chappelle and the Chappelle Show. This is our weekly wrap-up of the week of action, going over what happened from a fantasy perspective, highlights, lowlights, any other notes that caught our eyes. We're going to start the week off by talking about Lamar Jackson, who now, for hopefully that analyst, is a quarterback that is quarterbacky and not just uh, a great athlete. Nonsense. Uh, QB1 on the week, man. Love to see it. 18 for 21, 321 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. Very, very quarterbacky, in my opinion. Also had 35 yards rushing. I'm going to turn it over to you. Thoughts on Lamar and the offense in this game? Bro, you, you just don't see quarterbacks play much better than this, like from like a real football perspective and then for you know fantasy championship week perspective man comes out you know 
puts up give or take 36 points on the week. Like that's that's one, you know, you go out and you consider buying a Lamar Jackson jersey because he <laughs> won you your league, you know, even if you live, you know, in San Diego somewhere or whatever, you know, like you don't even care. It's like this man here is like forever goaded for so many people because of this, um, because of this performance. As you mentioned, 18 for 21, which means he had three incompletions Damn. and he had five touchdowns. Yeah. Two more touchdowns than incompletions. That's bananas. It's, abs- <laughs> it's absolutely bananas. Um, it was, it was amazing to watch. Um, part of me when I was watching the game, you know, seeing, you know, as he was, as he just kept putting up numbers and putting up numbers, I was like, man, I wish you had done that in week 15 because several of my best ball teams would have survived. But, you know, it is what it is. The timing is what it is. Can't can't complain about that. That's why you drafted him in the first place because this kind of performance should come at any time. Um, and, you know, he brought he brought his weapons along with him, you know, on, on extreme efficiency as well, right? Because, like, as I mentioned, he only had 21 attempts. So it's not like there was a whole lot of volume to really go around, but um, Zay Flowers balled out three receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. Um, Isaiah Likely, two receptions for 42 yards and two touchdowns. Justice Hill balled out, and he ended up being RB9 on the week. Um, (laughs) You know, he was efficient in both the pass and the run game. Like, it was – it, it, it was amazing. You know, um, what's his name? Uh, Rashad Bateman led the team with six targets, had 54 yards. And, you know, you probably weren't playing him anyway, so you can't be too disappointed with that. But still, you know, just – it was just a master class that he and that offense put on against what had been a pretty decent defense, um, you know, leading, leading up to there. And, like, you know, as – as you know, you had pointed out when I brought up how good Miami's defense had been recently, they hadn't exactly played a murderer's row of offenses, and they really got like super exposed in this matchup. But yeah, man, just hats off to Lamar. Hats off to that offense for coming through in real football and um, in Week 17 fantasy. Like it's the stuff that dreams are made of. Right, man. Um, it's just Lamar was just on this his Tupac shit here. And he's just like, how do you want it? Hmm. How do you feel? I mean, that five touchdowns, <laughs> three incompletions, like you said, just craziness. Um, Isaiah likely, you know, had two touchdowns in this game, uh, only had the two receptions. So, you know, championship week, like that's just efficiency that you like to see if you have him in your lineup um, on the Miami side. Devin, or yeah, Devin A. Chain or Devon A. Chain, if you will, he uh, he had a nice performance here. Had 107 rushing yards on um, 14 carries, so 7.6 uh, yards a carry. So this was a really good performance for him with Raheem Mostert being ruled out earlier in the day and had the receiving touchdown um, as well. Tyreek did decent work for you with 76 yards on on 12 targets as well. It really wasn't a good performance for Miami, especially with Tua having the two interceptions. And then he got hurt as well during this game. So 
you have any notes on Tua as far as his you know injury status for next week, and then also any notes on Miami offense as a whole? Um, no, I, I don't really know much about Tua's status for you know as far as injury wise for for this week. I, I didn't realize he he got hurt. Um, I'm looking at the box score right now. I don't see any other quarterbacks um, having having um, you know having any attempts or anything like that. Um, you know, I guess. Not, I'm not as big on the injury reports now that the season has wrapped up, but uh, or the fantasy <laughs> season anyway. But um, when it gets time to maybe start looking into some DFS, I'll I'll look at it because yeah, they're they're playing the Bills this week, and that um that actually could be a decent showdown game to or, or a fun showdown game to get into. So yeah, I'll be digging into that. But as far as his performance in this game, you know, it was it was pretty middling. Um, it, it certainly wasn't much fantasy wise, you know, he was around quarterback 15, 16 on the week, but you know, you can't be too shocked at that because it was the Baltimore defense that they were going up against. So, and he was down Jalen Waddle in the game. Um, and I can't remember, there's some fan, fantasy analysts out there. I can't remember what he says, but it's like that offense, you know, it's like, um, it's like a finely tuned watch. And if you get like a speck of a speck of sand in there, like it throws everything off. So, you know, facing Baltimore plus not having Waddle, like it made all the sense in the world that they were going to have some problems. Um, I think, um, you know, you spoke about Tyreek earlier, the six receptions for 76 yards, had 12 targets. My man just like very uncharacteristically um, bobbled a touchdown, like a short touchdown. Away, I think the story was that um, he went from like the shade into the light, and the ball just got caught caught in the light. And you know, you got to give Tyreek a pass on something like that because he probably drug your teams there in the first place. You know, you were you probably yeah, you could have used those seven, eight, nine points that he left on the field right there. But um, but yeah, that was that was disappointing. But Achan, man, like you know we maybe getting a glimpse of what next year could potentially look like for, for him in this, um, in this outing, you know, super efficient on, on the ground. Um, you know, they had, they had 25 total team carries and he had 14 of them. I'm imagining that two is two carries were scrambles. I don't know that for a fact, but you know, if we call it 23 legitimate carries, he had 14 of them. Um, so yeah. This is a he's he's gonna be one who's really interesting to to put eyes on um as far as uh where he's gonna be going in drafts next year. Like he yeah, it's it's gonna be yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be crazy the, the takes that are gonna come in about where you should take him. But um but yeah, overall, Miami just got pulverized, man. They they, they just got <laughs> they got pulverized, and you would think that with the passing script. Maybe they could have been a little bit more prolific, but it was, it just was not their day. Yeah, it wasn't. And we'll have fun discussing A-Chan and um, Raheem Mostert in the offseason, especially with our RB ranking shows. And then once we get into division previews later in the summer. But let's go ahead and get out this game. But before we do, again, put respect on that man, Lamar Jackson's name. This was a game that helped them clinch the number one seed and they demolished another team that they were battling here for that one seed. We move. Uh -huh.
doing it and doing it and doing it well we go shout out to l cool j gonna highlight some guys here that have performed well at some point during the season or in their lifetime and they back here now and a lot of these guys um are surprising names if you would have said you know week one this is going to be the week 17 performers but um at quarterback um lamar was quarterback number one obviously so the next quarterbacks two through five here were jordan love justin fields kyler murray and joe flacco and this is ppr statistics here this is crazy (laughs) this list of names but um i'll start first with joe flacco and 19 for 29 309 passing yards three touchdowns and one pick this performance was truly amazing because number one this was a thursday night game and they were playing the jets the metrics and everything that that showed you or that showed up regarding the jets it's like yeah this isn't really a matchup you want to probably play flacco in and yet (laughs) this man was finding (laughs) David Njoku all over the field, hit Elijah Moore for a nice touchdown uh, that that I remember, and then had Jerome Ford for a touchdown uh, as well. Like, Joe Flacco is <laughs> has put together an amazing run here. Um, he's QB2 during these playoff weeks of week 15 through 17, something I would not have imagined. And kudos to anybody, including one of my opponents who started them, um this week he probably won you a championship or aided you towards a championship yeah that was that that just took cojones to put that man in the lineup this week you know against against the jets like everything process wise says you don't make that play um but it turned out to be right and sometimes man that's just how that's how the fantasy uh, cookie crumbles like um, you know, you mentioned the touchdown that he threw to Jerome Ford. You know, Flacco is, I can't remember if it was a bootleg or a scramble or maybe a little bit of both, but the man was running to his left. He's a right-handed quarterback. He's not very fast. He's being chased down, gets all the way to the sideline and just flings it into Jerome Ford. And granted, Jerome Ford did most of the work from there. You know, it ended up being right. like, an 80-yard touchdown or something, maybe like somewhere in the, in the area of 50 to 80-yard touchdown. And, you know, a good three-quarters of it was yak. But the fact that he was able to escape pressure and 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 make that happen, like this man is on he, – he's on a sun run. He's on a heater, like what, whatever you want to call it. That's like kind of unparalleled except like maybe going back to his Super Bowl winning year in Baltimore. Like this is uh, – this is truly some when you wish upon a star type stuff that's going on. With him. <laughs> yeah, man, it truly is. Um, and to go over the stats for the other guys, uh, Jordan Love at QB2, uh, 24 for 33. He had 256 yards and three passing touchdowns. Also had a rushing touchdown as well. Justin Fields, 268 passing yards with a tutty. And he also rushed for 45 in a tutty. Again, your QB3. And then your QB4, Kyler Murray, 232 with three touchdowns and a pick, and he had 24 rushing yards. Did you have any notes or thoughts on any of those three guys? I think all three of them were pretty interesting. 
Um, you know, I think Jordan Love and Kyler Murray stand out the most to me because, like, J- Justin Fields, like, he's nothing, nothing he does, like, you know, as far as, you know, finishing as a top-tier quarterback in a given week, it should never be a surprise. He looked really good, though. I, I'll, I'll say that much. Like, he looked, um, he, you know, he, he made some plays. His touchdown, he threw to DJ Moore. My goodness. Um, but, like, with, with Jordan Love, you know, that Minnesota, that Minnesota defense – have been pretty they've been pretty strong all year you know they've been they've been flummoxing quarterbacks like the whole season and you know if, if you watch the game you know Jordan Love didn't look phased at all this man was just out here balling just you know he, he he looked he looked poised he looked confident he looked like a damn veteran out there so you know that he's just raising his stock for for the offseason and then with um and then with Kyler um, you know, I don't know how confident you could have been like putting him into your lineup just because that offense had been so low ceiling recently, but you, you, you look on the flip side, they're playing Philadelphia's defense and it really just kind of goes to show how, how down bad that, that, that defense is, you know, not taking anything away from, um, from, from Arizona and, and, and Kyler and whatnot, but like, you know. They did this. He did this to the Eagles in Philadelphia. You know, like that was that that was wild to me that that he was able to to, to put down that kind of game. So, um, you know, I I'm looking at Fantasy Pros and it says he was 69% rostered. I don't. I, I would like. I would love to know what percentage he was started because yeah, that that, that would have been pretty gutsy to me um, to to have done that. But I probably would have started him over Flacco, so uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's a little bit of a mixed bag there. Why would it have been gussy for you to start Kyler Murray this week? Just because I don't, I I don't have a lot of faith in that offense. Oh, okay, I, I I I don't have a lot of faith in that offense, and it's not you know, it's not like he had been really you know, super balling like over, over the last little bit, you know, his, um, his last few, his last few games. Um, okay. I guess he had been doing, I mean, like, you know, they play Chicago, got 20 points, 15 points against San Francisco, 12 against Pittsburgh, 20 against the Rams. You know, those were like the last few games coming into there. So, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, I would I would have been looking for something more, basically is 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 all I'm saying there. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pressed the start button and just been like, oh yeah, I got this. This is all day right here. You know, I, I wouldn't have had that kind of feeling about it. I mean, well, no, well, no, don't. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was more so the matchup, like them going up yeah. against Philly. Like, but you're right. I I wouldn't expecting you know QB four from them. But I, I fully thought QB one was in the realm of the cars for him, just purely based on the matchup. So I get what you're saying, right? Yeah, it, it's a kind of thing where it's like when it's when it's championship week. I guess my my, my nerves get even more heightened and whatnot, and I'm just like, you know, yeah, I would have felt good about this in week twelve, but week seventeen, get the Pepto, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, before we head to the running backs, I do want to shout out uh, Baker Mayfield. 
simply because during the playoffs, he has been doing pretty well. He was QB2, QB13, and QB13. So if you had to be in those streaming streets, which, you know, pretty much at some point, <laughs> most of us have been, unless you've had like Allen or Hurts. Um, well, I would have said Mahomes, but you may have been tired of what you got from Mahomes and been streaming. But yeah, shout out to him. Those These past three weeks, he's been performing pretty well and even has his team in a you know win and end situation running backs Kyron Williams <laughs> running back for the Rams man 20 20 carries 87 yards three touchdowns also have 14 yards receiving Isaiah Pacheco 130 yards rushing and 35 yards receiving on seven catches that's lovely for you um PPR leagues and then Travis Etienne had 102 rushing yards and two TDs. Uh, these guys, respectively, were running backs one. Etienne was five, and Pacheco was running back six. Actually, that may be opposite because that's PPR. Sorry. Yeah, Kyron was one. Great podcasting here. Etienne was six, and yeah. Pacheco was actually number two. So sorry about yeah. that misinformation there. Any thoughts on these guys, my man? Yeah, it was kind of a welcome back from the dead for Travis Etienne because his last, you know, his, his last couple games before that, he had scored around six and ten points um, in, in those two games before that in matchups against Tampa Bay and Baltimore. So you know, yeah. Um, I mean, if you were able to make it through to the championship with him on your roster, I could have seen how, you know, people would have been a little bit nervous to, to get him in there. And he, you know, he, he came through in week 17 when, um, when, when all the money was on the line. So, you know, shout out, shout out to him for that. Um, Pacheco was pretty interesting to me. Um, just because, you know, we, we, um, McKinnon got put on IR and uh, CEH ended up not being able to go. So Pacheco was out there for like 90 plus percent of, of the snaps. So, you know, we got to see what things would look like for him with like uh, with, with an ultra elite workload. And man, he came through. It was like in the, in the first half, every time you looked at that game, it seemed like he was breaking something or um, for, for, from for great yardage. Um, so yeah, you know, I, like it, he, he was most certainly going to be in your lineup and, and whatnot, but like to get that kind of performance on that stage, like that's, that's, that's elite type stuff. I'm sure he wants some people, some money this week too. Um, just want to shout out a couple other guys as well. Oh, well, I just should mention Kyron. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of reached that stage where, you know, it's, he, he's just doing Kyron things now. Like he's, we've gotten to a point where we, we kind of expect this from him, which is which is kind of wild, given where he was being drafted to start the season. Slash, if he was being drafted to start the season. Um, shout out to all the people who kind of got uh, victimized by the Christian McCaffrey injury. Um, that, that had to be super, super duper disappointing. Um, I think I, I feel like I read something or heard something that like 
if they had needed him, like he could have, he could have played, but, you know, given the state of where they are and like how that game was playing out and, and all that, you know, they, they went ahead and uh, they went ahead and sat him. Shout out to those best ball teams that made it through with Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, he, he, oh, he man. Of, <laughs> you know, he, he may or may not have made your lineup uh, this week in a best ball situation. He finished RB19 on the week. So there's a, there's a decent chance he might have made some uh, some best ball roster. So, um, but yeah, I want to, I wanted to point out the man, Brees Hall, though, man. He came through with like just another super elite performance um, 13 for 84 on the ground and um, nine for 42. Uh, re- receiving with a touchdown, like this man has really been making a case for himself for for, for next year. I know that's something that we'll get to, but like, um, yeah, this is just it's just kind of amazing stuff to see from him, and like he's really kind of stamping himself for like what it is he can and should be going going forward. For sure, for sure. Uh, anybody else you want to touch upon there in the running back area? Are you good? Um, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm good. Uh, well, okay. Also Najee, um, what, what he and, um, Jalen Warren did to Seattle was amazing. (laughs) Najee finished as RB seven on the week. Jalen Warren finished as RB 11, you know, give or take this is according to, to fantasy pros. The boy Najee, 27 attempts for 122 yards, just they were just gashing them boys up. Like yeah. it was, it, it was, it was crazy to see, especially given where that um, Pittsburgh run game was earlier in the year. So you know, if you um, if if you had him going for you, you certainly were not disappointed at all. Yeah, 199 yards total rushing between those two. Whew. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. Uh, the running back. They do. Uh, I think they're are they in the winning in this week or they have to hold they they're winning and need some help kind of thing. Yeah, I think they they they, they need Green Bay to lose and they, and they need to win. Yeah. Okay. I think they were in that same situation last year where Detroit beating it. I think Detroit beating Green Bay in their home gym got Seattle in. Um yeah. But yeah, yeah the one running back I want to show some love to is uh James Conner for the Arizona Cardinals. Um RB4 on the week had 100 plus rushing yards against Philly. Pretty impressive considering, you know, Philly is usually the defense you kind of, you know, worry about or shake when it comes to your running back, but um not not this week for uh James yeah. Conner. And during the playoffs, he's been running back 11, 4, and 4. I believe that's good for overall running back 4 during the playoffs. Um, you know, if you if you got there, you know, he, he probably helped you win it. Um, my other thing with him, he had 20 touches per week during this three-week run. 64% of the rushes he saw, and he ran 40% of the routes. I'm really interested to see what they do with their running back room next year because he is 28, so he is entering that age of uh, I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, if they you know if they draft somebody fifth through seventh round and maybe 
sign a low key name, I'm not as worried. But you know, if they bring in some kind of first through third or fourth round talent, it, it's not going to be flags for Connor. He'll still be draftable, but you know, you'll have to probably temper your expectations. And then you also got to factor in at least recently he's missed you know two or three games each of the past couple seasons. So. He might just end up being like he's been the last few years where um, he's a guy you get kind of later in drafts and he just he just does his thing every now and again. And you're, you're still like, what is it? Maybe he's like the Tyler Lockett of running backs or something um, for, for, for these past few years. But, um, but yeah, it, it is going to be interesting to see how things play out for them in that backfield and, you know, how much how much capital drafters are going to want to put into, into him for, for, for next year. For sure. For sure. Let's get into these wide receivers continually dominating lamb, AKA CD lamb 13 for two twenty-seven and a touchdown on 17 targets in front of the prime time. You know, what? you love to see that Devonte Adams laughing my ass off with several O's, seeing 21 targets, had two touchdowns on 126 yards. DJ Moore clocking in here, nine for 159 in a tutty. And Jaden Reed, what is up, my guy? Six for 89 and two touchdowns before going out with an injury. Darrell, you got any thoughts on these four gentlemen? Yeah, I'll start with Jaden Reed, man. Like you said, you know, he went out. This man, he he only played the first half of that game and finished wide receiver four. Um, you know, the Vikings couldn't do anything with him. It was uh it was it, it was just a showcase game. I'm I'm hoping he's able to get out there this week. I I'd love to see Green Bay get into the playoffs. You know, I I I think they'd be an exciting addition um to to the playoffs. So yeah, just just shout out to him. He was a he was a best ball staple for the both of us um, this year, and had we advanced the team to like the playoffs or the finals, um, right. we could have maybe been reaping some rewards there. But um, it's good knowledge for for next year. Um, like you mentioned with Devontae, those twenty one targets, and I'll, I'll just tell a personal story on this. Um, in the league that I, the, the one league that I won. I had CD and Devontae on this team. So Yay. like um yeah, I I I just really hammered this um th- this week. So shout outs to both of those guys. Um I guess what's crazy to me about what happened with CD is like you know, there's I'm not gonna say you only have to stop one guy on Dallas, but like there's really one majorly important guy who like how do you let this man do that to you? I, I can see, I can see maybe eight receptions for a hundred and forty, but thirteen for two twenty-seven. Like, yeah. what? What are we doing? What are yeah. we doing? But hey, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Um, you know, he is another one. I, I've did he just you know move himself up into. The middle of the first round for next year i i'm thinking so maybe um but we'll have to see in in these coming days um Devontae, like the, this was just a vintage performance from him that that was like 
um, some Green Bay type stuff with, with Aaron Rodgers just peppering him. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I I honestly didn't see that that performance coming, but you know, hey, thankful for it. Um, and lastly, with DJ Moore, um, it's kind of interesting with with him because you know there is all this um, there is there's this cloudiness about what the Bears are going to do with Justin Fields. You know, they've they've already locked up. They're getting the number one pick via the Panthers and man DJ like finally he finally got with somebody who's going to get him the ball and it was like at least you know somewhat competent and like for him to lose that again and you know have to be to get back with a with a rookie and you know be under another cloud of uncertainty about his fantasy outlook it's like I just want that man to have nice things for at least a, at least another couple of years. So whichever way Chicago goes, I just hope that whatever quarterback they land on can really keep feeding this man because like he's so damn good. Yeah, he is. Um man, the the irony, it's it's just ironic because when though we had those two kind of major early trades, um early on you had the um the Panthers, you know trading up to get to that one pick from Chicago. And then you had Houston on draft night trading up with Arizona. And the thought process mainly that was talked about was like, well, Houston's going to probably be the number one pick in the 2024 draft. (laughs) And ironically, it's actually the Panthers that are in that position and is going to the Bears. So, it's it's funny how that life works. Now, I mean, Arizona's still going to get a middle of the round um, pick in 2024, but it's just funny. Off that, um, I just want to highlight two other guys here, especially during the playoff run. Um, I'm in Ross St. Brown, man. Like, I don't know if you if we want to say this is a breakout season or or whatnot, because I mean, he was doing this last year too, but like, he just cemented himself or cemented himself as like a wide receiver one, like hands down next year. Not that he wasn't this year, but he should definitely be going in the first round next year. Uh, Third most targets at 31 during the playoff stretch, finished with 300 receiving yards and three touchdowns. The finishes during the playoffs, wide receivers six, four, and seven. That man held you down. And then somebody else that held you down that maybe you were starting as a flex play, Darius Slayton. Yeah. 259 receiving yards during the playoffs, had two touchdowns here. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, he had 10 catches of 20 yards or more, which was good for the fourth most among wide receivers during that period of time. His finishes during that time were wide receiver 36, 18, and then 8 in the playoffs for you on a 15.53 average depth of target. I feel like him and um, man, I can't think of his name last year. They did this as well. Um, playing well. Isaiah the, the playoffs. There you go. I knew it was Isaiah and I kept thinking Pacheco. I couldn't get the last name. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is very, very good. Like an interesting performance for him. Like it's going to be, interesting discussing him in the off season and for next season of how that's going to look for the giants. 
Yeah, he was a dude that a lot of people were picking up, you know, with their last, you know, within their last, you know, three, four picks in, in, in best ball for sure. And it was, you know, off the back of how they finished the year last year, you know, him and Hodgins. Like, yeah, but the, the both of them were, you know, um, kind of, you know, pretty popular late round picks. And it seems like, you know, he he has a few just kind of standout games like this um, every every year. And yeah, they're, you know, it, if you're like, if you were in a deep league or whatever, like it certainly, you know, I certainly could have seen him being startable, um, you know, going into, going into this week, um, fantasy pros has him as being rostered um, like around 3% or so. Um, So, you know, I'm sure like not too many people were, were doing that, but you know, if you're like in a, you know, one of my leagues, I'm in a 12 person league and we we're starting like 14 people a week or something like that. So like, um, so like, yeah, it, it can, it can get pretty dicey. And the thing, the thing that would have helped probably with that offense overall and him in general, but yeah, just that Giants offense overall, when Daniel Jones went down, you know, um, Tyrod, Tyrod went on the IR for a stretch, didn't he? Like he had something happen to him, like he broke a finger or something. I can't remember what it was, but basically him yeah, going yeah. down meant yeah. they had to do the um, – no, say, say again? I said he had something going on. That was it. Yeah. But, yeah, if, if Tyrod had been able to play, then I think, yeah, that could have helped prop that offense up and, um, you know, we wouldn't have had to – go through the Tommy DeVito era and all that, um, you know, for however fun or funny <laughs> that that was. But, you know, that, that kind of crushed those offensive weapons for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Darius, Darius Slayton is going to end – well, I, actually, let me not say that. I don't know what the, what the contract situation is going to be for them next year. But um, if they run it back the same way next year, you know, he'll be, he'll be somebody to talk about at the end of drafts again next year. All right, and let's get into the tight ends finally. We've got a Jawan Johnson appearance here, eight for 90 with a touchdown on 12 targets. Isaiah Likely, who we mentioned previously. David and Joku, six for 134. And Sam Laporta, what else is new? Seven for 84. Um, I want to talk quickly on David and Joku before I turn it over to you. So he's been the tight end one during the playoffs um, with 282 receiving yards and two touchdowns had 11 catches of over 20 plus yards. Like he has come on really late in the season, um, especially with Joe Flacco here. And of course this last game against the jets with Amari Cooper out, it just gave him more of a time to shine again. Didn't see the end zone in this game, but man, 134 yards, we don't need no touchdown. Huh. Yeah, he's he's super interesting, man, because you know, it's like where was this all year? You know, this right. <laughs> this was an offense that this was an offense that certainly could have used this kind of production. And I know, you know, they they've been plagued by injury at the quarterback position. So um, you know, I guess maybe this is just a function of the fact that Joe Flacco got up off his couch and just completely unlocked this Cleveland offense. And, um, 
you know, and, and, and Joker is just falling now. Like it's, it's really strange that something like like this happens for a player who's been playing on the same team all year, you know, as compared to like, say, Trey McBride, who, you know, there were circumstances with him with, um, you sure. know, with Zach Ertz being in the lineup or whatnot. And Joker was like, no, been, been here the whole time, but um, glad, y'all, <laughs> glad y'all finally found me. Um, so right. yeah, that's, that's that, that that's really cool that um that this happened for his managers you know and especially at at this point of the season any of these other guys um caught your eye or anything well as it relates to this past week um it's man this tight end situation you know you got the old standards from week 7 and with um with, with Sam Reporter coming in, as you mentioned, at tight end five on the week. Dallas Goddard at tight end four. So, you know, and then and then Isaiah likely with the super duper efficiency. Um you know, it's it's tight end, man. So it's you know <laughs> this one, this one, like you're kind of less shocked to see um to see like names you don't like too much recognize at the top of the board. I guess kind of the the elephant in the room is the lack of Travis Kelsey um, yeah. like anywhere near the top of this list. Um, I know you have it mentioned later for um, for you know tight end during the playoffs, but I'm over here scrolling trying to find his finish for for this week, and either oh, I just missed it or or this man is just like, but the point is, you know, like, oh man, what a huge, just what a huge whiff that was for 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 Kelsey managers, and really for, you know, him and Mahomes in general. But yeah, the lack of seeing him anywhere near the top of this list or within the top twenty-four tight ends, and you know, in a week where you not where you had to have it. It's like, wow, man, that that really hurts. It really hurts. Yeah, um, it did. It did. We'll talk about him shortly. Uh, the last tight end I'll speak on is uh, Chig Akonkwo. Uh During the playoff time frame, he was a tight end one. A lot of that supported by um, his performance in the previous week. But in the past six games, he's been a tight end 12, and he's seen the 11th most targets at the position. And though it's not the explosive production that he kind of had late last year, it's kind of like, all right, man, I saw the late season flurry last year. I'm seeing it to a smaller degree this season. It's like, am I going to take another chance next year, or am I leaving that alone? Be it'll be fun to discuss that in offseason for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a lot going on with this whole Tennessee thing. That that offense just needs a complete and total makeover. But he does seem like he does seem like a piece that you feel like you could put in place and um you know one of the pieces you can build around if um if they're able to get you know some of their other ducks in a row, if you will. So yeah, he, he will be interesting to look at. Indeed, indeed. Let's continue with the wrap up with the last segment of the Michael Scott. Nope, don't like that. 
referring to guys either in championship week or just in playoff weeks um, in general, which again, weeks 15 through 17, you week 18ers get out of here with that nonsense that we just did not like, or they just were not good or disappointed. So three quarterbacks will start here with Patrick Mahomes, man. Whew. QB 16 during the past three weeks. Or no, that may, I'm sorry. I think that's just for this past week. Um, no, no, you're I'll right. It. That's you're right. He was, QB, he was QB 16 um, during the fantasy playoffs. Okay. I should have made those notes um, separately. So, yeah, this this is for the whole playoff time frame here. Dak Prescott, QB 17, and Tua at QB 19. I'll start first here. I'll talk about Tua. I think the thing with Tua was, I think, well, for me, I kind of saw this happening, and I had him in a league, and I was trying to trade him the last two weeks because the opponents he had were the Jets, Dallas, and Baltimore. And we talked about Dallas not necessarily being such a scary defense for these capable quarterbacks, but it was just those three matchups, for sure two of them I really didn't want too many parts of. Now, Tua was very efficient against the Jets. He only he had only three incomplete passes, but he only threw for one touchdown. And so his finishes during these weeks were QB 23, 22, and 16. And, you know, if you roll with two of the whole season, that didn't that didn't help you win no ship. It's probably not too many teams that started two of that that won a ship unless they, of course, had, you know, some CD Devonta Adams stacks or something. Yeah, he, he just um, he ran into a buzzsaw to end the season. And it was one of those things where, you know, it kind of put fantasy managers in a bit of a bind. Because you know you see the you see the shininess of that offense and all the weapons and what it could be, but then you are also having to weigh that against the quality of defenses they're playing, and yeah. that you know, two is not the most. I would say he's like the most resourceful quarterback in in like insofar as you know if a play breaks down. Or, or, you know, if a defense is confusing him or something like that, like he's going to make some adjustments and really get his team there. So, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it, it was just a real tough situation, I think, for fantasy managers with him. And if you were able to survive to the championship game with Tua as your quarterback, you know, I could definitely feel the tug of, am I going to stream away from him in this matchup against Baltimore? And, you know, it turned out that certainly would have been the right call and you couldn't have blamed anybody. You know, I couldn't really blame anybody for either direction. They took it with that. You know, I think it would have taken big balls in either, in either direction, to be honest. Yeah, for for sure. For sure. Um, The other two guys, I don't, I'm not, I don't have details on them. I I think we'll, I'm going to save my discussion for them in you know our qb review but anything you saw here that you want to discuss on them or shall we move well uh well yeah i'll, I'll just say like a few a few words on on mahomes and dak for sure. for mahomes just just in general and you know this was just an all-around super disappointing year 
Um, you didn't, you, you got like, you got like very few peaks out of him um, fa- fantasy wise, you know, it, it wasn't, it was, it was just all the way, like, it, it, it was a bust of, of, of a pick, you know, it, to say that, you know, he, he's at quarterback, you know, this is according to PFF, he's at quarterback seven on the year. And according to their numbers, he gave you two top five performances throughout the season. Like that, you know, you weigh that against where you drafted him. And, you know, this makes, this is going to make people start questioning strategies, quarterback drafting strategies for next year. You know, maybe we, maybe we jump the gun or jump the shark or whatever on um, moving away from the late round quarterback strategy in favor of, you know, trying to lock in, um, you know, a, a Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts and, and whatnot. Like you very well could have gotten away with not doing that. Um, it would have been hard to pinpoint the guys you could have gone with though. That's the problem. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. And as for Dak, you know, I feel like on the year, on, on on the whole of the year, you know, Dak paid off handsomely from from where you were drafted him. You know, again, looking at these same PFF numbers, Dak was QB four on the season, and I'm counting six top five finishes that he gave you throughout the season. And what he was coming off the board, like somewhere between like quarterback ten, quarterback thirteen. So you know, he paid off for you. It's just this little playoff stretch, particularly. Um, Particularly, I want to say weeks, um, weeks uh, fifteen. Week fifteen was a really rough ride from him. So if you started him week fifteen, that probably didn't go so well for you. He was okay week sixteen, and then if you played him week seventeen, you know if you happened to get through and he was still on your roster with him on your roster in week seventeen, then he kind of he he kind of came through a little bit more in, in that game. Um, now, who was that they just played? I've, oh, how am I forgetting that so soon? We were just talking about CD. But anyway. Detroit. Um, Detroit, yeah. Um, so, you know, Dak, I'm, I'm, I'm really not too down on his playoff performance. It's just that he really gave you a, a swift kick in the ass in week 15. But he kind of, if if you, were, if you were able to have guys that made up for that, um, you know, he, he kind of made up for it in weeks 16 to 17. Kind of. He wasn't great, but he was still a QB one in both of those weeks. For sure, for sure. Uh, running back wise, got four of the guys here: Saquon at running back twenty six, Bijan was RB thirty one, Derrick Henry RB thirty two, and Austin Eckler RB forty. Again, th- these were their their total uh, finishes week fifteen through seventeen, where they ended up at. Um, so yeah, all these running backs here were drafted within the first two rounds of your fantasy league. And like pretty much they didn't necessarily kill you, kill you, but they did not help you at all, man. Um, in particular with like Bijan, he had the shenanigans the first week of the playoffs, um, going up against Carolina. And then I don't know if, you know, Arthur Smith heard the words and whatnot, but, after that, those next two games, he saw basically over 70% of the snaps in those games, and the, including the playoff week, he saw 75% of the rushing attempts and 77% of the routes. Um, it's going to be 
very hard to draft him in the first round next season if we have the same coach and the same running back group here. So I think from a from a dynasty standpoint, we don't really talk about dynasty much. You're probably hoping that Arthur Smith is fired after the last game this season. I think it's probably damn near unanimous in the fantasy community that um, they're hoping for Arthur Smith to get to get the boot because you know there's there's like three three premium weapons. Well, we'll we'll say two and a half. We'll count. Kyle Pitts as a half, right? Wow. It's just, and, and that's, okay, fine. There's three premium weapons that are really just being completely blunted by whatever it is this dude is doing with them on, on offense. Now, a lot of that can, you know, a lot of, a lot of that, you know, you can point at the quarterback situation, which they also had a chance to do something about, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, Getting him out of the paint would make many a fantasy manager happy going into next year because otherwise, you know, once draft season comes around, if that dude is still in charge, you're just going to be right back in the same situation of, I don't know, I don't know. So, yeah, he's a tough one. He's going to be a tough one next year. Um, I just wanted to point out one other guy who had an extremely disappointing um, fantasy playoffs to go along with what was undeniably an extremely disappointing year, and that's Tony Pollard. Um, he was RB 47 over, over the fantasy playoffs. According to Fantasy Pros, do you want to guess how many points per game Tony Pollard averaged over the fantasy playoffs? I'm going to say seven. Close, but you were still high. 6.3. Wow. 6.3, like absolute, Nasty. yeah. I mean, look, you you might have had a hard time recovering from drafting Tony Pollard where you drafted him to even make the playoffs. Um, but even if you did and, and you somehow got there like this, I'm not sure what the, what the deal is. Hopefully something will come out in the offseason about, you know, maybe he wasn't right from his ankle surgery or whatever. And like, he never was able to, you know, you know, get his, get his feet back under him uh, or, or whatnot. But that I think it's pretty much undeniable that he ended up being just a huge disappointment throughout the year and not a damn thing changed in the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> oh man. I feel like we're going to be talking about him in our war show pod. Um, I feel like we will. <laughs> Almost. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, let's go to the wide receivers. Uh, AJ Brown, wide receiver, twenty-seven, and look, twenty-seven is still a higher tier RB three. But AJ Brown was going as a running. I mean, wide receiver one. So got to put him here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, fifty-six. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, fifty-seven. And Drake London, wide receiver 69, not nice. Um, any thoughts or notes on these four guys? Well, I can't really can't really hold too much over Drake London's head because again, it's just with everything that's going on with that um with that Atlanta offense, I you know, I'm not too worried. Well, let me not say too worried. It's just like 
he doesn't rise to the level to me of, of being somebody that is just like, man, that dude really let me down because it was just hard to expect. Yeah, given, given the way the season went, it was just hard to expect things out of him. Even though his, you know, he did have some peaks and valleys, and I did think going into the playoffs, I did, I did think he, for some reason I'm recalling, he did start putting up a little bit better numbers like heading into the playoffs. But, you know, just the sometimeiness of that offense, it's it's not shocking. Um, Stephon Diggs, man, like that one, ooh, that that, that one really hurts. Um, just with whatever change happened with that offense or his usage or what whatever it is, just like really, really disappeared during the playoffs for you. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where I'm very interested to see what happens, you know, you know, they have to play. They, they got to bring their A game week 18 because uh, they could possibly, no, they can't get the two seed. They're out on the two seed, but they, they need this game to potentially win the AFC East um, against uh, Miami coming up this week. So they got to play then they're not getting a buy. So like every game is going to be important for them here on out. I am dying to see what is going to happen with him in that offense, because I think that'll severely inform like what's going to be happening with Stefan Diggs' ADP next year. Like it just, I don't know, like his, his year just nosedived and um, I am concerned. Well, to, to kind of go back on you on that, they can get the two seed if they win this game against Miami because oh, okay, they, would, okay. they would win the division. And whether Kansas City wins or not, um, well, if Kansas City wins, they'd have the same record and Buffalo beat Kansas City, if I remember that correctly. So they would get the two seed. Or there's a possibility they could just be at home if they lose that game against Miami. It's a it's a cold world out here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Stephon Diggs, man, that's the one. Like, he still – he was averaging about 10 targets per game before or in the first 14 weeks, and he averaged 10 targets um, during the playoffs. It was just a mix of targets that weren't really going too far, um, basically having seven and a half yards per reception. So – just kind of use more as kind of a dink and dunk kind of area around there. Um, I'm not concerned with him from a next season type of standpoint. It just really killed you because this was a guy that was like wide receiver six going into those weeks. And, you know, he gives you this output. It's kind of disheartening. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba finishing higher than Tyler Lockett in the playoffs. That's kind of an interesting note. Uh, that'll be a fun discussion come division preview time. Um, and, yeah, with Drake London, as you mentioned, nothing much to to discuss there. That's just the nature of the offense. But I just had to mention him because he was a guy going in, like, the fourth round. So, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. To, to your point about JSN um, relative to Tyler Lockett, and, you know, if we – Look at Tyler Lockett's season this year. Um, I believe I believe Tyler Lockett is due somewhere north of twenty million dollars next year. Um, I'm not I'm not sure Seattle's going to want to pay that um, <laughs> next year. So you know, when to your point when you mentioned division previews next year, 
when we get to the NFC West, if we are talking about Tyler Lockett, it might be with him as a member of one of the other NFC West teams because it's, I don't think Ooh. it's a lock. I don't think it's I don't think it's a lock that Seattle's going to bring him back. Not, yeah, not, I get not at that. that cost. Yeah, not at that cost, and with some of the other holes that they have um, in in their offense. So that one's interesting, and. You know, you weren't really too much expecting anything out of um, out of Jerry Judy, like given the way his season went. But just over the over the fantasy playoffs, I thought it was interesting. He came in at wide receiver fifty, just like putting putting the capper on what was a disappointing year from from him as well. Because I, while I don't remember his his um, his ADP offhand. I know he wasn't going as a wide receiver five. Um, and so, you know, to, to, to end up where he, you know, to just have this year of his end up um, end with a whimper the same way the rest of the season goes like, that's really, that's really kind of, um, I don't know. That's nasty business. <laughs> nasty work indeed. And then with tight ends, like, it was hard for me to come up and put guys here because tight ends can be such a variance, man. Cause like, if you get a touchdown within three games, like you could legitimately be a top 12 tight end, but we have to mention Travis Kelsey here though, because that man is the anomaly. Like that's the man that is a first round draft pick tight end. And this man was tight end 22 during the playoffs. Um, So, you know, your your round one bullet like was already in a one off position and he was not an advantage during the time you needed him most. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah, that was a killer, man. That was that that, that was a real, real killer for for fantasy managers in the playoffs. And as you mentioned, to have your first round pick kind of um dud like that. Because, you know, there was no, you know, there was no way you were sitting him if you were lucky enough to advance with him, you know, putting up the point totals that he was. There was no way you were sitting him, right? Like that's, you know, this was, this was the, this is the year where, you know, Travis Kelsey literally had to burn you so that you could just be like, okay, I'll feel fine pivoting to somebody else next year kind of, kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, that was. That was terribly, terribly disappointing. Um, I think the only other guy I think I'd like to mention here is um, is Dalton Kincaid, um, given kind of the ebbs and flows of his season. And, you know, I'm, over over the fantasy playoffs, he came in at tight end 36, averaging 4.8 points a game. Um, you know, so it's just – you know, the case for him was, you know, would he ever, you know, would would he be able to climb the hump of Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox went down. Kincaid became a big part of that offense and actually looked good doing it. And Knox comes back and the Buffalo offensive staff is just like, hey, sorry, Dalton. Dawson's back. No more suit for you. And, you know. It was uh, 
It was, it, it was disappointing to see. You know, he was probably in a position where maybe you felt a little bit more comfortable streaming away from him. But given kind of the highs that you saw when Dawson Knox was out, it's just like I I I, I could see how that would have been really disappointing to um, to fantasy managers during the playoffs. Yeah, I get it. I get it, man. Because, I mean, week one, like he um, – week one of the playoffs, or week 15, rather, he did dud. Like, that man had zero points. But that offense was kind of changing up and evolving with uh, the firing of Dorsey there. And, you know, you probably shouldn't have been starting him, but you probably you probably were still riding the wave. So he probably – Back-to-back kind of dudded you there week 15 and 16. Week 17, he did finish as tight end seven. He had 87 yards. Um, So because of that last week of what he did, I really didn't put him in here. But Mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from for sure. Like, yeah, to go 0.7 points for you in two weeks, and that's if you're playing in a PPR league. Yeah, that (laughs) that hurts. That hurts. No Jalen. Um, let's finish out the pod with a little DBB, the brothers battle. This is our weekly betting sheet. We're looking at here. We bet every game, either the spread or the over under one of those two aspects of it. Uh, me, I've been killing it the past two weeks. I know last week we didn't have a pod for you, but. Last week I went 12 and 4, and the week before that I went 10 and 6, 22 and 10 the past two weeks. Just my crown right here. <laughs> uh, now, Daryl, the past two weeks has been a little bit of a struggle. He did go 500 last week and went 5 and 11 before that. Part of that 5 and 11 was issues with getting the picks in on time. And as the record stands now, it does not matter. I have won this thing. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. This man can lock a pick next week. I can probably do half my picks and I'm good. He would need to hit all his picks. So your DBB champion is your boy. But let's get to the week 17 um, sheet there. And I'll turn it over to you. Any of the bets you draw attention to or are you surprised with are you like i knew it i got it um let me let let me look through them real quick um yeah um the the rams you know um and we shall we 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 both got got on that one we both laid five and a half with the rams and Mm -hmm. the giants really pushed them like the the giants like should have won that game. I want to say like there was something that happened on like the last one or two drives that the Giants had. Like maybe they missed an extra point or they had some silly penalties or some like some kind of foolishness, some kind of <laughs> self-inflicted foolishness on their part that um, you know, they they could have won that outright. And you know, the Rams got kind of lucky to to get out of there with 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 the victory. And I thought with with as well as that Rams offense have been playing, um, I, I thought that they had a good chance to just go in there and mollywalk those boys. And hey, man, say shout out to to, to Dayball and all that, man. Those those dudes just find ways to um, 
they find ways to scrap. You know, like they're they 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 just find ways to scrap. They may lose, but it's like there's always some kind of cleverness going on with, with them. So <laughs> yes, yeah. that that one that that one got me. And the stupidest thing I did this week, I think, was um, I took I took six and a half with Carolina on the road in Jacksonville, and. Mm-hmm. Them boys got blanked. Them boys got Arthur blanked. Twenty six nothing <laughs> against against CJ Beathard. Like I, I thought you know, especially given how Carolina um, Carolina won the week before, right? They um, who was it that they beat? I, I I can't remember who was it that that they beat the week before. I think it might have been they beat Atlanta game. a couple. Yeah. Yeah, they they beat Atlanta, and then the week before that, they, you know, they put up thirty points in in a loss to Green Bay. Green I want to say so. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, there's a little bit of competence here. This Jacksonville defense has not been good. They're with the backup quarterback. Um, you know, they're down a couple weapons because I I think, well, I know Christian Kirk didn't play, and I think Zay Jones was also out. And I was like, hey, you know. This this could be something. Mm. It was not something. <laughs> it was not. Um, I got several. Well, at least three. We'll go. Well, so that that counts as several. Derek, duh. Um, yeah. First one: Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay has been, you know, rolling through. Well, not you know, beating opponents badly, but they had a good December. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Falcons, whooped up on the Packers with the dang near perfect Baker rating, and they handled the Jags pretty well at home. So it's like you get the Saints at home. I believe if they won that game, they would have clinched the division. And it's like, yeah, yeah they come out here and – I don't know what was that. What was that performance like? What are we doing here? Lose by ten at home. Uh, Derek Carr throws for two touchdowns. Baker throws two picks. It's just like, uh, now they got to go win a game against Carolina on the road, which they should be able to do. But we shall see. Um, the second one, Chicago and Atlanta. Chicago was minus three. I don't know what you were thinking when you typed in the words Atlanta, but would you like to discuss that or shall I move on? Oh man, look, I thought I don't I, I don't know what I was thinking. Like there's <laughs> that was that was indefensible. Like these boys just lost to Carolina, and I'm like, they're gonna go to Chicago, who's one of the hottest teams in the league, who's been playing um damn near close. Like they they've probably been like the second best defense in the league over the last little bit after Baltimore. And it's just like, yeah, you know, give me Taylor Heineke on the road. I'm smart. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. It's all good. And then uh, the last one for me was just San Fran against Washington. Uh, San Fran was a 12-point favorite. Um, it was kind of a back and forth in my head about it because – I think Jacoby Brissett is a more competent quarterback than Sam Howell, but it's not any competence to where it would move the line. 
But then even with him, so I was going back and forth on it because I felt like he could maybe get a backdoor cover. But when it went back to Sam Howell and I was like, yeah, Sam Fran just lost that game pretty badly in front of the hoes. They're going to figure it out. They start off a little slow. They eventually figured yeah. it out. And, uh, yeah, love to yeah. see a 17-point dub with a 12-point spread. And overall. Yeah, that was a rocky start from, from, from the 49ers yeah. in that game. And I was like, is Washington about to do something? Like, did, right. <laughs> did, did, did Baltimore just break the 49ers last week? Like, what's what's going on here? And then, yeah. yeah. Um, eventually, yeah, them, them boys got right. Yeah, they, they picked it up, got right, got a couple touchdowns in the second half, and um, got got the dub. So, yeah, good good week there, really, for both of us. Um, I mean, hey, you 500, I'm above there. So, hey, as long as we weren't under 500, I think we're doing good stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, tighten it up, be a little smarter. About about especially that got that, that Atlanta one. My goodness, what? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! Anyway, all right. Uh, if you want to flip to week eighteen, there, I went ahead and put the spreads and over unders there. Now it is a little bit tricky with week eighteen because you got to bring different motivations in the in the place here. Um, you got some team, well. Very few teams that have already clinched and not much they can do. You got some teams that are ready to pack up and go to Cancun, and then you got some teams fighting for their life. So a lot of that you need you'll have to factor in with making your picks and whatnot. That's just stating overall there. And of course, we're gonna follow that same advice. But looking at this sheet, Daryl, um, any bets or spreads or over-unders kind of stick out to you currently? Um, I'm just saying, but I'm, I'm letting, I'm letting the homerificness in me ride and I'm locking the Houston minus one on the road in Indy. Like it's just, yeah, my, my, my heart just has to, just has to have that. Um, but yeah, as, as far as other, as far as other ones that interest me, um, so, you know, just in general, as like a game, Chicago at Green Bay is like um, th- th- that game just in general is interesting to me because Green Bay needs this. They win and they're in. Chicago, they've already they've already secured their number one pick via Carolina. I'm sure they will. And they're on a roll. I'm sure they would love nothing more than oh, to I- dot Green Bay's eye because wasn't <laughs> Wasn't um wasn't it in Chicago when Aaron Rodgers was talking all that I own you I own you I, uh, I, I believe he did that in Chicago um yep. so I'm 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 more than sure that you know even though Aaron Rodgers ain't there anymore I'm I'm more than sure, I mean I'm more than sure Chicago wants every has every reason to want to come out there and ruin things for them boys so yeah I I think that game's gonna be gonna be great. I, I don't know. I don't know that I could lay that three with Green Bay the way the way Chicago has been playing and with the with the motivation to just hate that I know that they that they're gonna have. So um 
that one that that one will be pretty 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 damn interesting to me. Um, and lastly, yeah, I'm laying that three with Buffalo all day against Miami. <laughs> like, there we go. Miami is the quintessential. He's all right, but he's not real. Like that's get 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 these boys out of here. Well said, well said there. Um yeah, Houston, Houston, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh right below that we have Atlanta and New Orleans. New Orleans a three and a half point favorite, 41.5 over under. Uh interesting game just because Atlanta and New Orleans are rivals. Uh both of them are still in the hunt for the division, but they're gonna need Tampa to lose against Carolina. So that I think that's going to be an interesting game just for local reasons between those two. Um, I feel like I should try to get my butt down there for it or something. Um, Jacksonville, Tennessee, part two. We're here again. Last season, um, they faced off um, last game of the season, and that was for actually the winner would win the division. And that's where we got the Josh Dobbs and uh, Trevor Lawrence battle there. And Tennessee gave them a game. And this game is in Tennessee, um, even though Tennessee looked like ugh, <laughs> against uh, Houston last week. I don't know the status of Will Levis. He did get hurt late in the game against Houston. But I think Tennessee will keep it within five. Vrabel effect there. And then um, – Last game here, Denver and Las Vegas are going to play a football game. And um, <laughs> Vegas will be lit for it. I mean, they're because they're trying to roll up and probably get support for Antonio Pierce keeping this job. Um, I don't know what I don't know how Denver comes into this game, how they're going to feel. I can't remember. If they're in the playoff hunt or not, I think they aren't, but are, yeah. Yeah, I think they aren't. They would need, like, miracles to happen. Yeah, they're not. They're 8-8. Eight eight. Um, yeah, Houston I'm pretty sure they're out of it. Yeah, they're out. So they have no motivation. Obviously, the, the Raiders don't have any playoff implications. So it's just kind of like, I don't know what's stopping Las Vegas from just rolling in this game. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's I've I would be happy if I didn't see a single play from that game, but um, you know, but as you mentioned, they are going to play a football game, so um, (laughs) maybe no, maybe there'll be some investment opportunity to take in that ball game after having done the proper amount of research. Yeah, probably a good game to see if there are. any contract implications for any of the players, especially on the Vegas side. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Probably a a good game to look at there. Um, And maybe for the Kansas city and chargers on the Chargers side, but I can't imagine any player of note playing except maybe Gerald Everett. Uh, Yeah. So that's all I got on this week's slate, my man. Yeah, there's look, the, the good thing about this slate is there's like, you know, we know what games really matter and we know which ones we can ignore. And there's, you know, very little 
Um, you know, there isn't the weekly fantasy um, stuff for like your managed leagues, but you could do you could deep dive some of them for some uh, for some showdown type stuff. So like, there's still there's still a good amount of meat on the bone for um, for degeneracy with, uh, with with these games. So thank thank goodness for that opportunity. For sure, for sure. And let me take a quick second to just get some bitterness out. So for those playing in a week 18 playoff game here, um, and let's say you got to week 18 behind a Joe Flacco performance, good luck to you this week because they're locked in as the five seed and uh, they're playing Cincinnati. So there's really no motivation for this game. Good luck. Flacco may start, he may play, but he probably ain't playing the whole game. Good luck for you. That is pretty damn bitter, my guy. It is, especially considering they're playing Cincinnati, who's been, you know, just we passing all over you guys. So, yeah, uh to you guys. I'm only a little bitter. (laughs) Goodness. The side effects of fantasy. You love to see it. Right, right. (laughs) All right, good people. Well, we've covered our usual recap of the week. Did a little DBB for you guys. Um, The next pod, obviously, we're not going to be previewing week 18. So next pod, we'll likely be getting into our awards. Just like last year, we'll have the same awards. Obviously, different players this time. So tune in with us. Before we get out of here, Daryl, you got anything for the good people? Yeah, man, congratulations to all the champions out there. And for those who came up short, whether it was by a little or by a lot, offseason starts now. Our season starts now. So, yeah, there'll be draft coverage. I mean, I don't think we'll be doing draft coverage, but you'll have draft coverage to look forward to. Um, combine, like, you know, this stuff will be gearing up and it'll, you know, yeah, we'll be at this point again sooner than you know it. So, yeah. Love how the fantasy clock never stops. It don't, it don't. And then for you guys that play fantasy, but you just more so, ah, I play it, but I just enjoy football. Hey, wonderful time here. We got playoffs and a Super Bowl for another month and a half here. So enjoy the time. Enjoy the last bit of what should be good football coming up. And thank you guys for tuning in. It's your boy, Derek, my brother, Daryl. We out of here. Peace.